also CMIA for their sponsorship, their support, and really starting to put together a great professional development um, program so that we can come together as a community, we can build off uh, the successes we've had and continue to seek uh, the more successes. And I will say that we have extremely talented people in reserves. Uh, I've served overseas with reservists and I've served back home with, with reservists. Trying to approach it with an asymmetric uh, framework. What we're trying to get away from is having a cookie cutter approach to how we deliver training and how, what we expect of all reservists to deliver at all times. So what we're trying to do is actually flip the, the model on its head and we're trying to adopt or adapt to their lifestyle to some degree so that we can accommodate the reserves as best as possible. Welcome back to CMIA discussions with Brigadier General Dominique Goulet and Chief Warrant Officer Sean Pendergrass. We're talking about the talent in the reserves and how it fits into the intelligence function. Thanks, Dave. Um, I started off in the reserves um, back in the early 90s with uh, Governor General Spitgards. Um, so I understand somewhat the path and reserve life. And I will say that we have extremely talented people in the reserves. Uh, I've served overseas with reservists. And I've served back home with, with reservists. Um, the reserves today. So this, again, is a discussion that we are continuously having. Uh, looking at evolving the reserves has been one of the major pieces of the Defense Intelligence Enterprise Renewal. Uh, no surprise to anybody. Um, so how do we harness the talent that is across Canada and those people that want to serve the CAF, perhaps on a part-time basis or full-time basis, depending on the requirements? And how do we you know, work with the realities of a reservist life um, and, and their job, their family, so on and so forth? So we have, we're trying to approach it with an asymmetric uh, framework. What we're trying to get away from is having a cookie-cutter approach to how we deliver training and what we expect of all reservists to deliver at all times. What we're finding out is that that model is archaic, it's not working, and we're losing really great people because they just can't adopt to what we are expecting of them. So what we're trying to do is actually flip the, the model on its head, and we're trying to adopt or adapt to their lifestyle to some degree so that we can accommodate the reserves as best as possible. A good example is last year, we the directive where I, I directed the decentralization of reserve training because it is very hard for reservists to come to Kingston during the summer period to be able to fulfill some of their training requirements. So what we wanna do is be able to deliver that training back in their home uh, home bases or regions where we can better accommodate their requirements. So again, we're maintaining the standards we've always had, but we're decentralizing the training itself. So it's not really the, the, what, the what, but it's the how. The other thing that we're looking at is, can we offer the reserve specialties? So that's probably something that many have heard now is perhaps a company could be doing open source intelligence. Another company could be looking at um, geospatial intelligence. Another company could be looking at human intelligence. So from a theoretical conceptual perspective, um, I think that that's, that's great, you know, at face value. The challenge we run into is infrastructure, is IMIT requirements, is the training and the specialization that, that goes with that. Because for a lot of these um, specialties, there are periods of, you know, training that has to come online. There are certification that, that has to happen as well. So it's, it's, it's 
it's a lot easier said than done um, when we approach the reserve uh, challenge. That said, the CAF is moving towards um, employing reservists um, in a much more flexible manner, and we are wide open to that. Um, I can tell you that within CFN command, uh, within the group itself, when I was a group commander, and across the core and across a DIE, um, the role of the reservists is, is growing in importance. It's always been very important, but more and more now, we're seeing the opportunities um, where we can employ reservists, and we're much more flexible and adaptable how we employ the reservists, um, which I think is fantastic. Um, because it's a win for the institution, it's a win for the member that wants to serve their country, um, but also we want to keep in mind the realities that they're, they're, they're living. Right. Absolutely. Uh, not a lot to offer on this one, sir. There have been disconnected from the reserve world for, for quite a few years. Uh, but just like uh, you and I go back uh, to Germany as dependents, I was in the Ottawa Militia District as well, not a Governor General Footguard, but an Eleanor Scott. I joined the reserves uh, as well before I, I, I joined the regular force uh, back up in, in Pembroke, Ontario. But uh, I think the one thing that I, I, I took away from my time uh, with, with working with and, and, and in the reserves is the passion that those people bring uh, each and every day. And, and, and unlike like us in the regular force who work Monday to Friday and work the odd weekend, uh, but th those reservists are working their, their job and bringing a unique skill set uh, Monday to Friday and whatever they do on the civilian street and then giving up their time on Friday night, Saturday, Sunday uh, to come out to learn a skill uh, to benefit the Canadian Armed Forces. And, and quite often, one of the things that I've been kind of trying to, to, to communicate uh, through my chain of command and through other uh, chief warrant officers is that maybe we've got to kind of take a unique look at, at some of these reservists uh, and what they bring to the table as an example, if we've got a very senior person in the in the Ontario Provincial Police or the Kingston City Police, maybe they don't deserve to be a private. And maybe we could look at something like uh, one of the programs that, that was in place many, many years ago, RNTP, where we, we've got a brand new person into the, into the Canadian Armed Forces of Reserve. And within 18 months or 24 months, that person was now a master corporal because a person that's leading a, a police institution or a police organization or a squad in the police or or any other trade for that matter, they bring something to the table. They've already got that that innate leadership quality, and maybe we should look to capitalize on that. And, and in the intelligence spectrum, again, a little bit disconnected in my current role in my time in NATO, I think there's huge value in in in, in the reserves, especially in in what they bring in respect to languages, to technology, to some of the unique aspects that they would bring to to the intelligence uh, uh, writ large to to our capacity and our capability. Yeah, absolutely. No, absolutely.